Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about all things relaxation. Let's just get our chill on, let's chillax, why don't we? Because I'm chatting to Michael Acton-Smith and Alex Will, uh, co-founders of Calm, and Alex actually created uh, the Sleep Mist from Calm. So Calm is an app that you can download uh, to your device, whatever it might be, and it walks you through various ways to relax. It ha- There's meditation, there are sleep stories, um, particular favourite of mine is Blue Gold by Stephen Fry. If you haven't, you must, please just listen to that story. It's so utterly relaxing. You can't help but sort of dribble a bit and fall asleep wherever you might be at the time. It's absolutely incredible. So Michael and Will were over, not Will, Michael and Alex were over in London recently and I chatted to them and actually this is a great time for me to be talking about Calm because when I did actually do the interview with them I was very excited because I was about to head off on a week-long adventure to go and get my zen on at a mindfulness retreat. Unfortunately it didn't go that way and uh, for very many reasons that I shan't go into it ended up winding me up. I'd put, pinned all my hopes on, I'd kind of been a bit slack with my um, meditation and been a bit, a bit slack with taking time out and sleeping well, because I thought, well, it's fine, in a couple of weeks I'm off to this retreat and that will make up for it. So I went away and it wasn't a mindfulness retreat and I felt very annoyed that it wasn't a mindfulness retreat and I couldn't tap into that just go with the flow because I pinned my hopes on it so desperately. But the thing that it made me realize was that I don't need to get on a plane and travel somewhere that isn't my hometown in order to relax. And I, it actually made me really appreciate the fact that I can pick up my smartphone wherever I might be and choose 10, 20 minute meditation or whatever it might be just to get me feeling relaxed when I can feel, you know, a panic attack coming on or just feel like things are over that, you know, I'm just overwhelmed. So I'm kind of in love with apps at the moment. I do yoga with Adrian intermittently and I've kind of refashioned my living room furniture actually in order to be able to have a bit more space to be able to follow her videos. And I was so excited about having one-on-one yoga lessons and actually the fact that 
I felt that the yoga with Adrian sessions were better, made me come back and just like, come on Adrian, let's do this. And I've been doing much, much more yoga. So the lesson here is really, you don't have to be a certain type of person. You don't have to be an Instagram relaxer or whatever term might be. You know, you don't, you don't have to plug into Insta chill. You don't have to be doing these meditations in beautiful surroundings um, at certain times of the day, you know, with a, with a beautiful sunrise behind you or sunset, whatever it might be. You can do this stuff, you know, as you're waiting for your dinner to cook. And trust me, having tried to um, tap into that whole meditation retreat thing or mindfulness retreat thing, I'm actually now fully embracing the fact that these things not only are at my fingertips, but they're just as good, if not better. So there we go. That's my, that's my take on it. So yes, I'm very much in love with Calm since I got back from that trip. So let, how does the Calm app and the sleep mist work? So it seems pretty obvious. You put on the app, you listen to some stuff, you spritz your bed, you go to sleep, you have the best night's sleep of your life, you feel better the next day. But um, they've, they're mixing scent with uh, storytelling and they've discovered that it's, that it's a very new way, it's a new way, a very natural way to help racing minds drift off to sleep. So the combination of the two can be really powerful. If you actually head to the Calm landing page on their website, which is calm.com, uh, the their sleep mist is available there. It's 19 pounds and 99 pence. And over a thousand formulations were tried and tested before they settled on the final mist. A couple of things I think are really interesting about um, the Calm app. It's um, in a survey of over 200,000 iPhone users, it's been, um, they, it's come out as the world's happiest app. So according to 200,000 iPhone users, they said, this is the app that makes me happiest. And it's the same survey, and this did make me chuckle, listeners, that said that Facebook, Tinder, and Instagram are among the apps that make us unhappiest. And I think we can all, we can all relate to that, no? Anyway, so if a calm mind is something that you're struggling with, um, the app also has lots of practical advice. So if you don't feel ready for meditation or if meditating makes you eye roll, then, and that comes up in the show by the way, uh, then the app also has like practical things on, you know, things to put in your bedroom or how to organize your evening so that you can potentially get a better night's sleep. Of course, we didn't just talk about um, the app. We talked about all sorts of things. Uh, we talked about the growing dialogue around anxiety. We talk about the eye roll uh, that people sort of tend to do when you talk about meditation. It is still something that, I remember when I first started doing it about two years ago, I thought, oh God, am I being a bit of an idiot? I just didn't feel like meditation was for me. And even sometimes when I say it to people, I can sense the chemicals in the air change as they think, oh, of course, he's not one of those. But it's just about chilling out and calming myself down. It's not about, I'm, yeah. it's just very simple. It's just, I'm breathing. I slow my breathing down, which sends lots of messages to my body that says, oh, hey, you're not in panic mode. So, you know, we can, we can stop the heart racing and we can stop that mind um, moving as quickly as it does. We talk about being addicted to devices. Uh, I'm very guilty. But then I also talked to them about starting a web-based business, the landscape of the startup and so much more. And uh, what's next for Calm actually, which as you will hear when you listen to this episode, I'm very excited about what's next for the Calm app because um, Michael made a very generous offer, which I will hold him to because guess what guys, I have it on tape. Anyway, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. If you're not that into this sort of thing, maybe give it a listen. It might open your eyes or ears. If you are into this kind of thing, I think you will find it very, very interesting about how the app is created and the work that they've done to produce these sleep stories, especially these sleep stories, the one with Stephen Fry is just, just excellent. If you do enjoy this episode of the show and you're listening over on iTunes, I would be incredibly grateful if you could head over to your uh, app on the device and leave a five-star rating and review and say a little bit about what you loved about the show. If you want to get in touch with me, that couldn't be simpler. Just head over to Twitter or Instagram. You can DM me if you have a slightly longer message. I'm at Emma Guns. Or you can just tweet or comment, wherever, whatever feels right. Or if you want to send something a little bit more involved, and I've been getting some lovely messages recently, then why not head over to my website or just email me at uh, thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I get all of those messages personally. They are not filtered. They do not go through other people. They come directly to me, and I get back to them as quickly as I possibly can. So that's all the housekeeping done, which means that all we have left now to do is to welcome Michael Acton-Smith and Alex Will onto the show. I'm very excited to say that I have Michael Acton-Smith, the co-founder of Calm, and Alex Will with me, and who is also from Calm, but is the creator of The Sleep Mist, which we're going to get onto later, but hello. Hello. Thank hello. you for joining me. Let's talk about all things calm. It's let's just get this right. Over two hundred thousand people were polled, which always sounds like a ridiculous expression. But in a survey of two hundred thousand people, your app came out as making people the happiest. Correct? Yes. Yeah, we were super excited and, and slightly shocked by it. Well, not too shocked, <laughs> but um, yeah, it. it uh, there are millions of apps out there, and some apps. Uh, we're addicted to but don't make us particularly happy they stress us out they make us more anxious they interfere with our sleep and at the other end of the spectrum there's a there's a bunch that make people super happy and calm's top of that list how was calm born what was the idea well calm began about five years ago and my very good friend our very good friend alex chu and i and another friend used to live in soho just uh, around the corner and uh, we'd often discuss different business ideas, and Alex mentioned that the domain name calm.com was available to buy. And uh, we managed to track down the guy that owned it, and we just thought it was such a simple, beautiful, amazing word that if we could buy this domain, we could build an incredible brand. So that was kind of the, the initial acorn that it, it started. And uh, Alex has been a long-time meditator and fascinated by that space. And uh, yeah, it all, all started from there. So you find out the domain name is available, yeah. but you have to have had an interest in wanting to promote a feeling of calm within yourself and within other people. So was it a case of just perfect time, perfect place? Oh my God, this is, what were you going through to make you think, I need to put calm out into the world? Well, we felt there was just something going on in the world. You know, there just seems to be an increase in stress anxiety and depression and insomnia um, this kind of just growth over the last uh, few years and we felt the world needed to be a little bit more calm and we thought creating a way to teach people how to meditate through an app and a, a website could be a really powerful way of making the world a, a little less stressed and anxious so that was the starting point Alex as I say, had um, been meditating since he was a teenager. He knew a lot about it. Mm. I'll be honest, I didn't fully understand it. And like a lot of people, I was a bit hesitant. I thought meditation was for hippies, and uh, I thought I'd have to wear 
unusual clothing and sit on the road indeed spray myself with patchouli and uh, oh, spraying yourself is something one something, yes that's, that's true idea. <laughs> but um it just it, it it has an image problem i think meditation mm. a lot of baggage associated and a lot of people will roll their eyes uh, when you mention it but i've oh, literally got on my notes meditation eye roll <laughs> for the but, record but you know what yeah i can confirm that um but that's changing which i think is a wonderful thing mm. and there's many many different reasons for that and the the growth in calm and other meditation apps has been extraordinary over the last few years. Why do you think that is? And you mentioned before what the demographic is. Um, mostly, obviously not all, but 30 to 50 year old women. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is? Do you think that people need to release that valve, but they just don't know how? Well, calm is pretty broad. You know, it's, it's everything from little kids to kind of um, old age pensioners and everything between. Um, and I think part, there's a whole host of different reasons. I think one is the growth of technology and the fact that we all carry with us this incredibly powerful device, a, a mobile phone. Mm. It's only 10 years old, but that's a blink of an eye in evolutionary terms. And the technology, the, the phone is so addictive. You know, the average person, I don't know if you know how many times someone checks their phone in a day. Well over 50. It's, I think it's about 150 times. And if you think about it, we all do it. And... Most of those times we check our phone, we're not doing it consciously. Mm. It's just a, a sort of um, uh, just reflex. subconscious reflex. Yeah. And that's not making us help happy. It's uh, interrupting our sense of flow. It's interrupting our relationships mm. and our being present with other people. And I think it's causing a lot of different knock-on uh, effects. So this is one of the reasons why people are now looking for alternatives to... Um, treat their mind with a little more respect and uh, help them sleep better, reduce their stress, uh, reduce anxiety and so on. Well, these are, these are huge things. They're topics that have come up on the show time and time again. Anxiety, adrenal fatigue. I had uh, Henrietta Norton from World Nutrition on talking about how she sees it more and more and more and how we're all just frenetic. Yeah. And so somebody who perhaps has never meditated before, who's listening to this, who downloads the Calm app, I personally, and I want your insight on this, I would say, don't judge yourself too harshly, be nice, you're probably gonna think that you're just sitting down thinking, you're about thinking, rather than meditating for the first two times. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you, would, would you agree? It's not easy, meditation, mm-hmm. the, the, the mind does not want to sit still, whirring away constantly, and I found it very difficult when I started. And uh, well, the important thing to remember is, you're not trying to clear your mind of all thoughts. What you're doing is you're focusing on a constant, such as your breath, and every time your mind wanders, which it will do, you bring it back to that constant, mm. to your breath, and then it wanders again, and then you bring it back, and again, and again. And what you're doing through that practice is strengthening your attention muscle mm. in your mind. You're becoming more aware of your own thoughts. And so that's a very, very top-level, basic way of thinking about it. But you know, uh, an analogy might be we go to the gym, and we lift weights, and those weights strengthen our muscles the more we do it. Mm. And it's the same we are doing for our minds. We're strengthening them, making them stronger, and helping us in everyday life not get yanked around by our emotions. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, that, that's at the, the very heart of it, which I've found super useful. Mm. And meditation isn't the only resource that you find when you click into that Calm app, is it? No, that's one of the most important. We have an amazing teacher called Tamara Levitt who's created about 100 hours of content in the app. So there's meditations, 
for beginners. There's meditations to help you uh, increase your focus and your gratitude and um, a whole host of different areas. But um, we wanted to offer other ways to help people become more calm. Mm. So we have uh, nature scenes and videos. Uh, the most popular is Rainfall. Okay. Uh, it's incredible. People love Rainfall, mm. don't they? It's uh, very, very soothing and relaxing. Uh, we launched something a few months ago called Sleep Stories, which are stories to help people fall asleep at night. Now, these um, are you were recording one of these before we met, didn't Yes, you? yeah, earlier today. So we were looking at the data on the app last year, and we realised that Many people meditate uh, using calm in evenings, just before they go to sleep. And we thought, what if we could create a specific type of story that was designed to help you drift off to sleep at night? And the more we looked into it, the more we realized people were listening to calm and putting on Netflix or listening to podcasts to kind of um, engage their minds so they weren't worrying away about mm. all sorts of other things to help them sleep. And uh, the idea of creating a story uh, with a really soothing voice, with a little bit of sound effects and breathing exercises, just became such a, a, a huge hit. Two million listen to any app every month now, uh, and we have over 50 different stories, and it's, uh, it's been wonderful. I must admit personally, and it, I fully believe this is an addiction to my phone <laughs> and to devices in general that um, I can watch TV on or what have you, if I want to go to sleep and I think, right, I've had staying out of the bedroom tonight, I will, like a naughty child, get up and get it out of the hallway, but I'll bargain with myself and say, well, I won't watch whatever it might be. I will put the iPad by my bed and have a podcast going. And it always does lull me off. The only thing is you have to click that thing that says, end when this show ends, because I also listen to True Crime Garage, and if you wake up to and you're listening to gunshots for like a really disgusting, vicious murder, it yes. messes with your head. That certainly does. I bet the nightmares are not so good. So, I, so yes. calm sounds like it offers a, a better option. Yes, yeah, it will switch off at the end of the story, and um, we, we ask the narrators to get more and more soporific and soothing as the story goes on, so it just gently drifts you off to dreamland. Nice. One of our most recent stories uh, was read by Stephen Fry. It's called Blue Gold, um, and we're quite sure that no one has actually heard the end of it. Um, <laughs> so it's incredible. It's yeah. twenty-four minutes, and it, yeah, it's. Uh, I've listened very, to it at least twenty yeah. times, and I don't know when I fall asleep. I don't know where. where I, I can't work it out yet, um, but it's definitely not at the end because I don't know what happens. But he still sounds like Stephen Fry. But is he doing a very particular? A very soothing version of Stephen Fry, yes. So he's, uh, he basically takes you on a journey to Provence, to the lavender fields and the sleepy villages, and you wander through these lavender fields and you're smelling the lavender and watching the sun set in the distance, and it's just, yeah, very, very calm. <laughs> People love it, don't they? Yeah, they do. Okay, so you have a base in San Francisco, correct? Yes, that's where the company is headquartered. Um, so that makes you like one of the, like San Francisco is like the hub of startups, etc, etc. Yes. Tell me about the domain name, creating an app. I'm sure lot, no, lots of people who listen to the show are either starting their own businesses or want to pursue a passion but aren't quite sure how to do that, how to monetize it, how to turn it into a business. Can you tell us about your journey to create calm? Yeah, I think this is the golden age of entrepreneurship. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a better time to start a business. So many tools out there and resources and, and ways to get your content and your ideas to millions and millions of people. So one of, the, um, one of the things that holds a lot of people back is that they overcomplicate things. They think they need everything in place. They think they need to raise huge amounts of money and big business plans. 
And in fact, I think the best way to start is to keep things simple and just begin. They call it um, in the startup world the minimum viable product. So you think about your idea, you condense it down to the smallest possible version and just launch that and put it out there, even if it's only to a handful of friends or to a couple of dozen people, and then you see what people like and what they don't like, and you take that feedback and you iterate, and little by little, you grow from that. Did you have a business plan? A very rough one, but uh, we just felt um, we could build one of the great uh, brands of the 21st century with Calm. You know, we wanted to that's, this. that's quite a significant business plan. Well, that's not we really just a business plan. We just thought we could build one of the most significant... <laughs> that was kind of like the vision, the, the mission. That was the top of the mountain. The route up that mountain, we had no idea. We just knew we needed this domain name. Uh, we didn't know how we were going to create the content, who was going to create it, what kind of uh, sort of meditation we were going to go for. We didn't know how we'd market it, any of these other elements. We've kind of figured all that out as we've gone along. And I think the big focus for many companies should be build something that people love right if you can build something that not that they like not that nice to have like people absolutely love mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of things you can figure out once you've done that yeah. and I think that's uh, Calm's journey up the mountain kind of proves that because when you look at the the reviews we have in the app store so for example we have over 50,000 five star reviews and you spend time actually reading what people are saying and they don't like Calm. They absolutely love it. It has impacted their life in a massive way. Um, and if you can tap into that, um, you'll find a way to make a business. People love what you do. And yeah, it's a really good point because then you get the word of mouth, mm-hmm. which is so, so important. And people, there's nothing better than creating a product that people want to share and talk about with their friends. So we grew Calm to about 6 million downloads before spending anything on marketing. And that just showed to us that there was something, there was a real demand and passion for the product. How do you um, make money from a project like this, from that initial startup? So the, the app is free, and uh, anyone can download it and, and use part of the content. And then uh, you can pay for the premium version of Calm, which is most of the, the meditations and sleep stories. And that's about uh, £40 a year. So we think that's great value. <laughs> That's great value. For yeah. peace of mind. Yeah, for peace of mind so and a good night's sleep and everything else. So I'm guessing that you get quite a lot of consumer feedback. Yes. Um, and is there a direct conversation with the people who use the app and do you take their comments to create something new that exists within it? And even if somebody just messages you and said, I slept for the first time in however long, is that... Gold. Absolutely, and uh, the support team at Karma is something we're very proud of. Yeah, um, and the the in, the the relationship that they foster with our users, um, not only helping them with things um, when they have questions and making sure that there's actually a human face to to someone trying to understand how to use the product or if they have specific questions, um, but also sharing those really personal journeys when people actually have had uh, wonderful experiences. So we have on the wall in the office. Um, hundreds of these conversations where people have given feedback about Calm, ranging from ideas to, for future products to why they love it and how they use it. Um, so actually, you know, listening to our users is a huge part of what we do and one of the most rewarding aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's if our users love what we do, right, we'll figure everything else out. Yeah, I think one of, one of my favorite parts of Calm is the community that we set up. We created a, a Facebook page and there's tens of thousands of people who are in there every day, kind of sharing stories with each other, supporting each other, um, 
just uh, yeah, encouraging them each other on the journey, giving us feedback. And I think that's really valuable to tap into that that community. Mm-hmm. And the stories we've heard are just amazing, aren't they? From people who stay calm has saved their marriage to people who um, uh, were suicidal, uh, people who've had the best night's sleep in decades. It's just yeah, mind blowing what, uh, what we hear. You get the same as well. Yeah. Like people listen to your podcast. Incredible, isn't it? To create something and uh, know that you're you're changing changing lives. Yeah. When someone says, "I listened to that," or consumed your content whatever it might be and it made a positive difference you don't know who listens and so when someone feeds back yeah of course it's divine it's amazing yeah helps us get out of bed in the morning how do you produce something like this responsibly like um is um meditation does it go through trading standards do you have to do you have to what's the word i'm trying to look for you know what i'm trying to say um is there any legislation or anything that just makes sure that what you're putting out there is actually meditative? Yeah, it's a very good question. There are now over a thousand apps in the App Store helping you learn meditation. Mm. And we wanted to do this very responsibly. So we spent quite a lot of time trying to find the best teacher we could. And uh, we have an incredible, um, incredibly fortunate to work with Tamara Levitt, who has been meditating and teaching mindfulness for, for many, many years. Mm. So she uh, is very, very authentic and part of the community. Uh, so there are no, um, as far as I know, there are no kind of uh, official bodies that you have to be approved by. Um, the meditation ombudsman. No, exactly. Where I was going. <laughs> Maybe that will come at some point in the future. What we do know is people listen to the content and, and love it. And if they don't, there are many other apps that where they can find a voice and a teacher that they love. Um, do you think that an app like Calm and the fact that it is, you know, doing well in the charts, it's very visible when you go into iTunes or any of these streaming services. Do you think that actually its presence alone is helping people acknowledge that actually those sleepless nights or that pain in their lower back, which is adrenal fatigue, is actually something that they can help themselves with? I think so. I think um, Calm is, one of the reasons we love the name Calm is that it's so universally understood. We didn't want a name that felt too spiritual or woo-woo mm. or bizarre. Who doesn't need a little more calm in their life? And uh, I think it's such a great foundation to build a happy, healthy life. You know, calm leaders are the best leaders. Um, if you're calm in your relationship, it's going to be healthier. Um, and so, yeah, I think, and this, this penny is dropping amongst so many more people now that rushing around being constantly stressed and fatigued and flooded with cortisol is not the best way to go through our, our one and precious life. Mm. We need to kind of get a little more balance and calm helps people do that. Other than meditation, are there any other things that you do to, in life generally just to take that adrenal pressure off? Yeah, Medi- yeah meditation. <laughs> exactly. I mean, meditation is wonderful and I, I swear by it. It's, it's changed my life. But it's not a silver bullet. It doesn't mm. solve everything. I think some people maybe expect that. It's part of a healthy life. Eating well, exercising, getting enough sleep. Mm. Um, and we both, I think. But I think meditating helps you become a little more conscious and aware of all the other things you do in your life rather than maybe opening the fridge instinctively and just eating something when you're bored or, um, uh, yeah, not getting enough sleep. Yeah, I think it can be even as basic as just taking time to go for a little walk. I mean, I think one of the things that we really try and think about when we look kind of to the future of calm is all these different moments in a day where 
you could rush. You could see the light changing from green to red and hurry across the street, or you could just wait, sit at when it's red, and just take a moment and you know just be there and wait. Uh, Alex Tew, that's his favorite thing to do, is to not rush across the street in San Francisco. And he, he, has these, he creates these little moments. And I think it's, it's really becoming aware of that. And meditation really does help you become aware of the importance of finding time to do little things um, for yourself and to be, to be aware that mental fitness is just as important as kind of looking after your physical totally. state of affairs. I'm interested, um, I was trying to explain to someone about meditation the other day because I started talking about it and I got an eye roll. And I was like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. It changes the chemistry of the actual brain. Yes. Um, but equally, it's not about in that moment. It's not about, I prefer to meditate in the morning, if I remember. Um, and it's not about that moment or how you feel five minutes afterwards. It's how it affects how you approach the rest of your day. Absolutely. And would you say that that's what it's about? It's not about a moment of calm. It's about extending that moment into just a lifestyle of calm. Completely. It's, it's reframing the way you look at the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as you said, it, what excites us as well is, is not the incense, it's the neuroscience uh, behind this. And there are so many studies now showing how it actually rewires our, our brains and helps many, many different aspects of our life. It improves memory, studies showing it helps with creativity, lowers blood pressure, improves the immune system, and on and on. I think one of the simplest is this idea of um, uh, responding instead of reacting to stimulation. When something happens, say you're in a car and you get cut up in traffic, a lot of people will just instantly react. Our amygdala will fire up, and we'll honk our horn, and we'll get stressed, and we'll take that stress with us into the rest of the day. But if you meditate and you live life a little more mindfully, you will have that fraction of a second more just to think, do I really want to bang my horn? Should I just take a breath? Let that person get on with their day and uh, continue. And that responding instead of reacting makes a huge difference mm. to so many areas of life. If somebody's listening to this and they say, they're thinking, oh, this sounds like a load of old brouhaha, <laughs> are they the people who need to meditate the most? Probably. I would say, you know, don't dismiss things without understanding it. And again, I, I, I'm with you. I felt a little bit like that. Many, many other people do. I had a very, very stressful situation with my, my last job and I went away. Something I'd never done before. I went on holiday on my own, which I highly recommend. feels a bit weird to do. <laughs> but I took a load of books and research papers on meditation and it just blew me away what I discovered. And uh, so that was kind of a, a real penny drop moment for myself. And then actually just starting to have the patience to practice and see firsthand how it impacted my own life. And I think it's one of the things that we find really interesting is the eye roll is definitely something, or, or, or when people dismiss it, you know, they think, well, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that calm that we have that's really helped introduce people to meditation is what's called the daily calm, which is a brand new meditation every single day that Tamara puts together. And it's, it's our unique take on meditation in the sense that it's part meditation, part breathing exercise, part lesson. Um, it's about 10 minutes usually. And I've had many friends who probably wouldn't sit down and listen to bells ringing for half an hour, but they've tried the daily calm. And what they like about it is... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That for the first time they realize they can sit with their eyes closed for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and that's a thing uh, and that they've never done that before and if you do that for 30 days see how you feel right it's to everyone has 10 minutes and what's amazing is that the most skeptical people when they do it regularly for a period of time even just 10 minutes a day are people that see some of the biggest surprises in terms of how it's impacted mm-hmm. them um, and and like anything in life you know you have 10 minutes every day um, yeah. And if you don't have 10 minutes, then that's probably something you also probably want to think about. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you think you don't have 10 minutes, yes. but actually you look at your iPhone or whatever <laughs> mobile device yeah. you're using, other communication devices are available, and you realise, you know that breakdown where they say how much time you've spent on a particular app? Yeah. yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. Oh, it's extraordinary. Social media in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's valuable and it's wonderful, but when we do it on autopilot, that's where it becomes dangerous. So tech has such a bad rap for that reason. We know that it, um, uh, that whole refreshing Instagram, getting a new mm-hmm. life, you know, that actually releases dopamine. It does. It's, this, it's like a um, drug addictive response. Um, how are you able to create something on that same platform, which we know to be negative, and flip it completely on its head? That must be a big part of creating the right kind of content. It's a very, very important part of it. And what we would say is that the technology and the mobile phone it's merely a tool, you know, it's neither good nor bad, it's how we use it that matters. Mm-hmm. And so when people use their devices mindlessly and they're getting those dopamine spritzes all day long and making themselves unhappy. Oh, I like the sound of a dopamine <laughs> spritz. Where do I get one of those? Yeah, <laughs> can we put that in a spray? That could be the next product. We'll, 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 first. <laughs> we'll look into that. <laughs> but um, so what we're trying to do is we're using obviously the same device that of, their, of which there are billions around the world and changing people's relationship to it, teaching them how to use their device mindfully instead of mindlessly, instead of being a slave to it and just using it like a zombie, using it when and how um, and if you need to. And that that changing that relationship with your device is is really, really powerful. Well, even just a really small thing, I have a policy of I never use my phone in the street. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is remarkable. trying to walk around anywhere, particularly London, I've just run here from the other side of Soho, you, people have no spatial awareness because yeah. they're just on mm-hmm. their phones. Yes. But then I do get very angry. So I, I need do. to work on okay. that. <laughs> that maybe, they're, maybe they're all using cars as they're wandering down the street. No, no they're no. probably not. I think no. not. Yeah. Do you know there's been a lot more um, accidents, people being hit by cars because they're 
faces are glued into their phones. Oh, I don't um, doubt it. There are parents pushing their kids on swings, just sort of mindlessly looking at the phones. It's unbelievable. And, and you, you started that by asking, you know, what, what's making companies like Calm grow so quickly and mm. what is it about it? And that's probably one of the best examples. No longer are we walking down the street taking in our surroundings having a look, seeing something funny, maybe a shop that's interesting, maybe there's a, a funny cloud floating through the sky. Whatever it might be, we're not present. Mm. We're sort of in a four by six foot inch screen, yeah. and that's it. We don't give ourselves enough chance to daydream and get into a state of flow. You know, if you look at anyone, not just walking down the street, but in a queue for something, they're all just looking at their phones. Mm. And before the phone, we would daydream and, and think about stuff. In coffee shops, I used to do this myself. I love getting into a state of flow with my notebook and doodling and thinking. But when you've got a phone face up next to you every few minutes, ping, ping, and you're, you're pulled out of that state you're in. So, and it takes, this is why meditation is valuable, because you can catch yourself and think, do you know what? I'm going to put my phone on silent for the next couple of hours, or I'm not going to look at my phone while I walk down the street, or it won't be the first thing I reach when I get out of bed in the morning. And uh, you, you, as I say, you change that relationship with your device. Do you have your phones on things like grayscale to make it less appealing? Uh, I, I do that. So I do that at night so that I don't get the blue light because that mm-hmm. helps to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I make. I have. I, I think there are a lot of little hacks you can do to kind of make your phone a little bit more friendly. So I use the Gmail app. Other email providers are also good. Uh, <laughs> but I turn off email at night every night. So I actually have to go in and turn on email when I wake up in the morning. Okay. It feels very different to do that because it's a conscious choice. I'm now turning it on and ready for the deluge of email that's going to come in. Um, rather you guys than, are so popular. Uh, <laughs> rather, it's, it's more sort of between San Francisco and London and the time zones and you, there's always somebody you know. Oh, you. That must be. Um, and so just having these moments where we actually bring back a little bit of control yeah. and say, now I'm going to do email. If you, know, if you wake up in the night and you see your phone and it's just full of emails and you look at one of those, you're not going back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bad night's sleep and that, you know, it's a knock-on effect into the rest of your day. Um, so there are lots of different things you can do to your actual phone to turn off notifications so you go in there when you want to actually yeah. review um, messages. Um, little small things that can actually have quite a high positive impact. Totally. For the listeners who don't know what grayscale is, there is a um, function where you can turn off the colour so it's black and white. But, um, that makes it a little less exciting. Yeah, I have yeah. the nighttime mode, and I also have it on Do Not Disturb. Nice. So I only have people, I only have my family, that it would ring or ping. Yeah, great. Which helps <laughs> if you guys have that. Um, can we talk a little bit about competitive meditation? Yes. Because I've noticed... Is this a new Olympic sport? Competitive I've noticed, I feel like it's a thing, and I feel like we need to address it, because I feel like it's taking something that's meant to design, designed to make you feel calmer, more centred, and it's it's putting that sort of high energy spin on it, which I don't mm. think is I don't think meditation needs a high energy spin. Mm-hmm. Just putting it out there. I keep seeing on Twitter people doing like meditate three hundred sixty five days in a row, or I'm on a ten day run or whatever. And I it, it's it's like you know one of these um, running apps, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether that's healthy. Where do you stand on that? The human condition. You know, we we want to show off. Uh, whatever we do, even if it's meditation, we want to uh, tell everybody about how brilliantly we're doing at it. Um, We have a feature in the app that we debate quite a lot, which shows you your streak. And uh, we want people to meditate every single day because it's it's great for them and it's great for calm. But we don't want to 
stress you out. Do you mm. see what I mean? And you know, we we stop short at giving you points and sparkles and badges for, for your progress <laughs> and gamifying it too far. But I think a streak is is healthy because if it if it does help you turn this into a habit that mm. you want to do, then that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a delicate balance. But uh, we think about this a lot because mm. for us, you know our users who love calm and do it regularly see the most impact right if meditation is one of those things if you do it regularly you will mm. see results yeah and we think long and hard about how to help our users form habits um you know positive habits because once you have a positive habit it's actually very easy to do something over and over and over mm. again um and i think someone who's actually cons- consistently done something for 100 days I think there's something to be lauded in that, right? The constancy of actually sitting down and making time to do that every single day. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like there's something positive in that too because um, it's not as if someone's saying, I meditated for 27 hours in a row and it's kind of macho. I, I don't feel there's a macho-ness to the streak. I feel like actually there's something... Consistency is not often something we reward in society. So mm-hmm. I think being able to do something consistently for, for quite a long time I think is a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. So not competitive... <laughs> well, it, I mean, whatever works for the individual, yeah. I think. Um, you know, you do have to be careful, though, as well, if you are out, if you discover meditation and you love it. Mm. Um, you don't want to drive your friends around the bend by telling everyone how incredible this, this thing is. Um, and it, the, there was a great New Yorker article that uh, two ladies are chatting in a coffee shop, and one says, I've only been gluten intolerant for a week but I'm already really annoying and so, <laughs> and so there can be a little bit of that with meditation like you know you see the light and you're enlightened and everyone again is eye rolling oh, totally. um, people need to kind of discover it themselves it can't really be forced on them I remember yeah. the first time I spoke about it on the podcast feeling like oh do I really want to, not do I really want to put this out there but I knew that how some people listening would feel about it mm-hmm. but but, and I think just on that, a 200-day streak is not better than a 160-day streak. I think that's the that's where the competitive thing goes because I don't nice. think it's like we're not competing with one another because one longer streak is better. Yeah. What's, I think, valuable about a streak is what it means for the individual and what it means for them to have consistently taken time out to do that. Um, and it's really something that... And if they if their streak ends, what a lovely thing. is that I know I can do this for X number of days in a row um, and feeling that positive impact. Now, insomnia, let's talk about that, because that's a huge problem. I have had bouts of insomnia that have driven me down near crazy in my life. Um, Mine were characterised by being able to fall asleep, but then waking up at 2am, and Mm. that's it, done. And then falling asleep at about 7am, so the morning workout went out the window and all that kind of stuff. Is that the kind of general type of insomnia that people communicate with you about? Yeah, there's a lot of different types and it, it is, if you look at the, the data, it's just been growing um, steadily more and more insomnia issues. The sleeping pill market is, is huge. I think in the US alone about uh, 50 or 60 million prescriptions are written for sleeping pills every year. What? It's just extraordinary and it's starting with young children. And um, so in very broad sense, um, uh, not children taking sleeping pills, but they are struggling to sleep as well. And again, I think it goes back to what we were talking about at the start. It's the, the pervasiveness of screens. It's the technology all around us. It's never being able to switch off. It's using Facebook at last thing at night or, or watching Netflix and uh, causing our brains to just keep on whirring and whirring away. And, and that's why we can't fall asleep. And then the second type of uh, sleep challenge is, is often around waking up in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. not being able to get back to sleep and staring at the ceiling at 4 a.m., 
which, uh, which is like the worst time ever to try and solve any problem, but your brain will just throw all sorts of random things in there. So yeah, it's a big issue, and, and this is why we're spending a lot of time at Calm trying to uh, address it. So if someone is listening and they have inconsistent sleep patterns, or they go through the phases of insomnia, what would you recommend for them? They download the app, what, would they, what should they start with? What's their starting point? There's a whole host of things you can, you can start with. Um, there's uh, the basics, like not drinking caffeine after midday. Um, there is making sure your room is at the right temperature. Um, there's making sure there's blackout curtains in your room, all these uh, kind of areas. What we do at Calm is uh, meditating is something we encourage, and a lot of people do that in the morning. So meditating helps you sleep better at night. When your mind is whirring away at two in the morning, your meditation practice can help you go, oh, that's my mind whirring away. I don't really need to worry about that conference call tomorrow afternoon. And uh, you can bring your mind back to focusing on your breath and, and then it's easier to fall asleep um, but as I say the, the big thing we offer in the app are the sleep stories mm. to help calm your worrying mind down and then gently uh, drift you off to sleep and Stephen Fry goodness mm. what's not to like about falling asleep to <laughs> Stephen Fry I adore that man mm. actually adore him I met him I've just remembered at the BAFTAs a few years ago oh, wow. and it was when he was all over Blackberries I think and I had a picture taken with him, and he, he shamed me for how basic my Blackberry was, because he just had the new one. And there was a picture <laughs> somewhere, no, but in a very nice one. In a nice okay, this he wasn't mean to you, good. No, no, not, not. not in the slightest, he was absolutely charming and better than I could have imagined, because it's, he's one of those people, and I always say never meet your heroes, because if they let you down, it hurts so badly. And mm. as someone who's interviewed lots of celebrities, and many of them that I admired, when, it, when they fall below expectation, you have to go home and cry. Are you going to name some names? I cannot. Oh, come on. Give I us one. I'll tell you off the record. Okay. After the uh, show, I'll tweet it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that. I think um, one other thing on just on that, on that kind of sleep and is rituals should, can become a really important part to helping you sleep. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people approach the hour and a half before bed in quite a haphazard way, mm-hmm. right? They don't think about that they need to wind themselves down. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a bit about the blue light on the phone. You know, there's all st- kinds of studies which you can look up that shows, you know, looking at your phone with a high degree of brightness is going to reduce the amount of melatonin in your system mm-hmm. and you won't sleep as well. Um, and just taking some time before you go to bed to actually wind down. Um, and, you know, it's one of the reasons why we created Sleep Mist um, was because, you know, we really wanted to find a way to kind of impact positively this bedtime ritual um, and and have something that tied into sleep stories and could create an evocative uh, feeling um, and for someone something for someone to do before they go to bed so I think often people are not quite sure what do I do now Um, and they get into bed wide awake and say why am I not asleep yet twiddle twiddle their thumbs Mm. Um, now listeners I uh, Alex actually wafted some of the sleep mist in my direction um, before we started recording and it's very delicious, very relaxing, but it's not your, it's not just like a lavender mist. How did you concoct this magic? So we spent about a year um, wanting to create the perfect sleep mist and Mm. lavender is scientifically proven to aid in relaxation and helping people to feel grounded. So we knew we wanted to use lavender in some way, um, but we also wanted to blend it with other delicious essential oils um, that also have similar properties but could also create a unique blend, a smell that you haven't smelled before um, and that doesn't smell like 
laundry detergent. Um, <laughs> so we decided uh, to embark on this journey. I turned my, my house in, in, in California into a laboratory. Um, we made a thousand different iterations of different scent profiles before we got to the final the final version, um, which is a blend of lavender, frankincense, clary sage, and chamomile. Mm. Um, and we even had 12 different pillowcases uh, of different materials. Some were sateen, some were cotton, some were 500 thread cotton. And the reason we had all these pillowcases was to see what we could do to make the scent linger longer throughout the night. Um, so we really kind of left no stone unturned trying to create the perfect sleep mist. Mm. Um, and yeah, we hope we hope people love it as much as we do. Sounds like a dumb question, maybe because it is. How does one use it? Does one spritz their pillow? Do you spritz your face? Uh, so you can use it lots of different ways. Um, we advise to spritz the pillow two or three times. Um, usually that works well because it kind of absorbs the scent mm -hmm. and it stays with you um, throughout the night. Um, but it's also safe to be on skin and stuff like that. We've had independent tests done, so it's safe for anybody above one years old. So if it does get on the skin, that's fine too. And, and some people just you know spritz it within the room as well mm -hmm. uh, to create a really nice smell. And the idea is you listen to a sleep story at the same time. So your senses are being assailed. Um, the scent, the aromatherapy, and the audiotherapy uh, helps completely switch your mind away from all the, the endless, needless chatter to uh, the scent and the, the sound of the story. And that's what gets you off to sleep. Well, also, a friend of mine gave me the best hack, which I'd never thought of. I don't have children, she does. And she says whenever they go on holiday, they really struggle to get the kids off to sleep. And now she uses a very specific mist, mm. uses it on their pillows at bedtime at home, mm. and then when they stay in a hotel, sprays their pillows so Brilliant. that it smells like home when they go to bed. And we've seen that. The first customers who are absolutely loving sleep mist are talking about how they're already getting used to this scent, meaning sleep mm. and calm and quiet. And smells are incredible. Smells are a direct route to your brain. I'm mm. sure you've had the experience of walking in to a room and just it taking you back to a completely different time and it's the scent that's doing that. Something in that mm. smell profile is reminding you of your grandmother's house or yeah. a place you've been before and it's so evocative and powerful and once you can create that positive association it can really help people when you're having that restless night, something to do, something familiar, um, something nice smelling. Um, the brain responds very well to things that smell good. Um, there really is a kind of a, a pattern to that. Um, and there have even been studies done with like what we would describe as bad smells. You can wake people up with a bad smell. It's quite an extraordinary thing. Smells are so strong that like good smells make you feel relaxed and bad smells kind of make you feel alert. Um, so it's a really, really interesting thing kind of tying the audio and the aroma together um, and taking people on a really wonderful journey. And what you say about rituals, I was hoping we'd get through this podcast without me mentioning him, but damn it, let's just do it. Tim Ferriss talks a lot about morning rituals. Do you mention him on every podcast? Is that the, I would say about 75%. That runs through us. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to, but he's just talking well, about he's, the He's a great podcaster. Isn't he yeah. just? Yes. Over 100 million downloads. Incredible. Um, but he talks about morning rituals and yes. you know, uses the example of someone like Mark Zuckerberg who chooses his clothes the night before and it's always the grey t-shirt, the jeans mm. and what have you. You're probably friends with him as well, aren't you? <laughs> No. Well, <laughs> met him once, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, but so, and Tom Ford is the same. Apparently, Tom Ford gets up at the same time every day, has a bath with like a long uh, cappuccino type latte situation, but it's at the same 
time mm. every single day. So the bath lasts for the same amount of time, the drink is exactly mm. the same, and it eases them into their day and they can be more productive. And it makes absolute sense that if you're trying to be more productive in the day and you yeah. have that first 60 minutes be the same so that your brain can focus on when you start, mm-hmm. but if you wind down in the same way, then your sleep would be more efficient. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And, and then, then, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, because most of us are on autopilot, we don't consciously think about that. You know, what you've just said makes perfect sense, but how many of us actually do that? Mm. And I, I personally think mornings are incredibly important. They're the foundation the rest of the day mm. is built on. But if we get out of bed, blurry-eyed, the first thing we do is check Twitter and get angry at what Trump is up to, and in the shower thinking about him and suddenly you know no wonder the rest of our day is going to be stressed and, and anxiety filled and I think one of the things that there's a reason there's actually some science behind why people like Zuckerberg and, and actually many others have uh, an outfit that they wear every mm. single day and one of the reasons is they don't want to take the energy to take decisions because yeah. there's a finite amount of decision making energy that you have every single day and eventually sort of like those old video games from the 80s of two fighters and they have a power bar and you have decision-making power bar, and you use it up throughout the day. And eventually, at the end of the day, you just can't make any decisions anymore. So what's very interesting about that is, again, something mindfulness can help with, is just by being a bit more mindful, you can be aware of those times when you are on autopilot, and you're no longer able to make good decisions. And that's, I think, what's interesting about the end of the day, is I think often people are pretty much depleted by the time they get to 10.30 p.m., and there's no longer structure around that. And that's why I think, actually, creating ritual and routine that's just what you do every single day and parents are a great example kids respond incredibly well to routine mm-hmm. um, I'm not a parent myself but that's sort of something I hear from every single one of my friends that's a parent and I think adults respond quite well to routine too totally. uh, and, and, and just actually just being aware of that and trying to build that in completely the nighttime routine I think because when you wake up you have lots of energy hopefully if you've mm-hmm. slept well so you can put that energy into your morning routine, but it's, I think it's harder to create that hour before bed. Yes, it's easier just to switch on Netflix or to check Facebook. Yeah. And uh, yeah, our ability to do things we know are good for us becomes a little harder. So there's a massive trend at the moment for well-being. Mm. How important, have you just hit the market, in inverted commas, at the right time? Or do you think karma's always going to just relevant? I think the timing is is great uh, to, to be involved with um, developing something like this but I think it, it's universal I think um, as technology and mobile phones become more pervasive the need for, for calm and a little more balance and leading a healthy life is going to come uh, increasingly important so uh, some people think meditation is a fad I think that's absolutely nonsense it's been around for thousands of years all we're doing in the other sort of meditation apps is helping simplify it, um, uh, make it accessible, distribute it in a way that makes it easy for people to do, and uh, hopefully um, help people lead happier and healthier lives. And and back in the office we have a a magazine from the 60s, People magazine, uh, and it's something we think about a lot, and the front cover is um, Farrah Fawcett, one of the original Charlie's Angels, and I think it's Peter Fonda, and uh, the headline is something along the lines of the new craze, yogging. Or as it was, the, which is now jogging, um, and it's 1968. The kind of physical fitness revolution was just beginning. Mm-hmm. This idea that you know, in a now sedentary world where people were working in offices, people were starting to explore the importance of fitness. Um, and now it seems 
perfectly obvious that this is something we should do every single day, like a little bit of exercise, whatever that looks like, if it's a walk or go to the gym, whatever you like. Um, and, you know, companies like Nike and Lululemon and all these various businesses that have been built within the, phys the physical fitness space. And we think in 20, 30 years, it's going to be so obvious that mental fitness is just as important. Um, and the work you do for your mind will benefit all different aspects of, of your life. Mm. And they'll, like in the physical fitness business, there'll be many brands that are created in and around mental fitness. Um, and, and we're really excited to be here during this revolution that's mm. kind of happening. Absolutely. Someone's going to create meditation wear, surely, because the leisure wear market is so massive. Yes, and there's already things bubbling up in, in that area. But uh, seriously, yeah, oh, definitely. But it, this is so true. This, you know, th this is a new wave, a societal shift. It, it seems to be where people rightly are treating their minds with the, the respect that they deserve. They are the f the frame, the lens in which we view the world. The human brain is about the most complex thing we've discovered in the universe. Mm. The dance of chemicals and uh, uh, electricity and, and hormones and, and everything else. No wonder it goes haywire every now and then. And who on earth has taught us how to use it? We don't learn these skills in school. And so people think they're unique when they're feeling depressed or anxiety or anxious. Everyone goes through this. We just don't talk about it enough. There's been such a stigma around mental health. But I'm so happy to say that's starting to lift and change mm. in conversations like we're having now. And, uh, you know, everyone from Prince Harry to, to Lady Gaga talking about this is super, super healthy. And I remember a few years ago, I am want to go through depressive, you know, low mood. And a friend saying, you, you, mate, mate, you just need to go and speak to someone. And I was horrified because I thought she was saying, you are broken, you need fixing. And I felt really insulted that she suggested that I needed outside help. Mm. But now, having gone down that route, I don't see it as being any different to going to the gym. No. Yeah. I would go to a personal trainer if I wanted to achieve a certain fitness goal and I would get their advice. Mm -hmm. Therefore, because I want my brain to feel happier mm -hmm. and to be more content, I am speaking to someone who is a professional who can help me down that road. It just makes more sense. Do you do anything else? Uh, journaling? Do you do any of these other things? Do you have a greater, bigger practice that goes on outside of the app? Uh, I love going everywhere with a notebook, one of my back pockets. So it's not journaling in the traditional sense, but I think um, in this age of screens everywhere, it's lovely to, to write with pen and paper. Um, I, I personally love um, exercise, even if it's just, uh, as Alex says, a walk or just one push-up a day. Doing something physical, I think, is really, really valuable. And it's so easy to forget, uh, given how busy we all are. Um, i trying to think what other healthy things do we do. We do the Daily Calm as a team in the office in San Francisco. Every day, 10 minutes, we all come together, which sounds like a very California thing to do. Um, meditating with your work colleagues, but it's such a, such a, I get a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas But it's, I think it's such a great way to start the day, isn't it? It is. Yeah, all of us on the same level. And, and I'm a big believer in, in a world where we're increasingly able to access things immediately uh, in the joy of actually taking time to make something. So for me, preparing food is something I really enjoy doing, uh, and I know, and I never see the time to prepare food as lost time um, you know nowadays we want to press a button and order from Deliveroo or Postmates um, 
and it's all about you know convenience mm-hmm. but there's a price that comes with convenience and it's sort of not participating in the act that you're actually involved in mm-hmm. um, and if you've taken an hour to make a meal and you eat it mindfully it is a completely different experience than scoffing something down mm-hmm. uh, while browsing the internet um, so just actually taking very simple everyday acts and making them a little bit more meaningful mm. Will Calm do um, retreats, holidays? Yes, yes we we want to take this everywhere and yeah, clothing is something we've thought about um, we have a book, out, the Calm book we'd love to do um, retreats hotels is something we're excited about imagine a Calm hotel in every stressful I've already, city I'm there, I'm there, I'm okay. there. <laughs> You can have a free, uh, a free room for life. On take people. <laughs> the thing I'm really excited about, we are, is eventually doing Calm Island, buying an island somewhere hot and sunny and creating the world's most relaxing resort. I think that'd be brilliant. I think that would be brilliant too. Right, you can come to that too. <laughs> we can do our next, if we're invited back on the show, the next one can be on Calm Island. Oh, the sounds well. of the waves lapping in the, in the distance. I don't think and the listeners uh, would like us very much. <laughs> That's a good point. Coming to yeah. you from Calm Island. Exactly. <laughs> Where will this the island be? Is this, just, it's not the Orkneys, is it? We're talking about like... No, it would be some... We haven't found it yet. We're still looking. Um, we think somewhere warm. But exactly where? Not sure. Excellent. Yeah, islands are uh, quite tricky to buy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the best thing anyone's ever said on my podcast. <laughs> I'm island shopping at the moment. <laughs> Goodness me, it's exhausting. There's no, that's not what I meant. I mean, there are. There's a wonderful magazine if you ever get the chance. Very good for your coffee table. Islands Quarterly <laughs> that lists all the islands for sale in the world at the moment. I'm going to subscribe You should. It's, yeah, it's a must-have. That would be meditative. Just look through that and project fantasy life. Mm, absolutely. Me and my parallel universe <laughs> husband, uh, you know, on an island together, meditating. Br- Branson bought his island, Necker, years and years ago. Yeah, when, was he 28? And it wasn't that expensive in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, it's been a brilliant purchase. Oh, well, yes. the return on investment <laughs> sound. Um... I'm fascinated that this has been very interesting. Thank you. Because I do think that um, on the days when I meditate, I'm a better person. I roll all you want at that, listeners. But I definitely feel it. And I chastise myself a lot because I am not very good at doing it every day. But it doesn't really matter as long as you find the time when you can. Mm -hmm. I will be putting links to Calm, the app, everything in the show notes. And also the Sleep Mist. Where can I buy it? Calm.com forward slash Sleep Mist. There you go. A link to that will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was I'm very much. very aware that you have a phone call in five minutes, so I must let you go. But oh, that's we could have kept talking for ages. Well, we'll just do the next. We'll just do another one right. on the other yeah, end. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. And listeners, everything will be in the show notes. Um, over on Everguns.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael and Alex. If you want to get in touch with the show, it couldn't be easier. Email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or go to emmaguns.com and click the little envelope. That message will come directly to my inbox. Emmaguns.com is also where you can find the link to sign up for my newsletter, which is a semi-regular newsletter with updates and a few sneak peeks of what might be coming up and asking for your input into the shows. If you want to contact me on social media or follow me, I'm at Emma Guns on Twitter and Instagram and The Emma Guns Show on Facebook. 
If you did enjoy this episode, please do head over to iTunes, leave a star rating and a written review. I would be most grateful. But for now, thank you again and uh, see you on the next episode.